Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. can open for phase two despite missing its own stated metrics for reopening phase two uh, mm-hmm. you know uh, we've been told that up is down by uh, the, the people that are supposed to be looking out for us uh, so perfect time I guess to, to start thinking about how life is going to go back to normal yeah, so I mean, when this started, so so I know for me, the last day I did my normal daily nine to five thing, go to work, was uh, was March twelfth, I believe. So now we're almost four months into that, and I have not gone to the office. And with these phases and everything, there's a lot going on. But you know, three of us were in offices, and one of us was was going to school, and we're four months into this and these phases have started and we're all still kind of unclear on when our normal nine to five, uh, will happen again, if it happens again. Um, and, and, and thinking about that, we all are in four very different, um, situations. I I mean, uh, you know, just, it's, it's, we were asked joking beforehand, but, but, you know, Max, I would kind of start with you. Um, cause we talked about it. There was a big change in your life right about the time this started, was there not? Uh, that's right. Yes. I tried out a new haircut style. No, you just did that. You've done that <laughs> oh, no. since we started the podcast today. Oh, yes. Yeah. I, um, I got a new job. You got a, a new, new job. And what, you know, what is one of the things one does when you start a job? You, you put on a, a spiffy new outfit or not new outfit, maybe your nicest, fleeciest hoodie, and you open your computer and yeah on zoom but but you you don't you don't go to the office and meet people (laughs) or you do typically you do typically so so you were you were kind of mlb here your season never started whereas like kevin and i are the nba and we're like when do we ever go back to work i mean kevin you said something interesting you know sean just mentioned zoom uh how you know have you been doing that with work uh, no, not Zoom. So that's the the whole Zoom revolution has we we bypassed it. So we um yeah, I guess if yeah, I'm in the NBA season, I'm an NBA rookie. So I started a new job last um, last September, and mm-hmm. so I finally gotten like gotten my groove in. I got I found my um like the gym that I go to. I had the commute down. I had like the office culture down. Mm-hmm. Like my normal break schedule, go to the break room to get coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and I finally gotten used to all of it and we, we went remote and just like the work style we have, we just do audio chats in our small team meetings. So it's not, 
we don't do Zoom. I haven't done a single video chat since um, we went remote, which, I mean, I'm fine with. I don't, but it's because I didn't necessarily have like a great rapport with all my coworkers who was building, but it wasn't there yet. So I, I'm able to do my job normally um, because my work doesn't change remotely, but um, it was kind of weird as the rapport was being built to kind of have that get cut off. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, so, so I think the, the NBA rookie is, is a good thing. I thought you, you probably just got into your routine of how you like your peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. And now maybe you've had a revelation over this time that you're an almond butter guy. Like you're just, you're, you're, you're rolling with the punches and, and everything else. But, you know, and then Sean, I think you as someone who is in school, that is something that comes up a lot is, is a, is a touchy thing. How do you go back to school? I mean, that, and you were close to exam time. So I'm sure that was all the more odd. Yeah, so I, I, what I've noticed, and and I think this is this is timely because we just had, uh, we like had a meeting today as we're recording with our deans to talk about like the protocol for what's going to happen when the fall semester starts, and like they're planning to have people on campus, but school throws in a really interesting wrinkle in that uh, this doesn't apply so much to me as a graduate student directly, but. It's like an office where tens of thousands of people also live there. And so that's like that to me has been a really fascinating wrinkle for how they plan whether or not things are going to be open and, yeah. and conducted in person. Like they had to figure out, you know, how to, as they put it, de-densify dorms so that uh, it's safe for <laughs> undergrad students to live on campus uh and they they told us today about all of these plans to essentially shut down anything but the biggest classrooms in our building and move smaller classes to the big rooms bigger classes online uh and as a journalism student i have the added hiccup of oh uh you're doing a thing that requires theoretically a lot of in-person contact uh so mm-hmm. how how does any of that work and and it's one of those things where like we are clearly no longer learning something that will develop over time as we get into our careers like we're learning how to do all this stuff at the exact same time that people that have been at the new york times for 25 years are learning how to do this stuff so that's kind of in a way that's kind of cool it's mm-hmm. really like accelerated and, and, the learning curve yeah and I, I think that's that's a you've you you've backed into to like i think the crux of of this discussion today for me at least which is uh, you know i i was i was notified that that i i don't need to go into the office for for the rest of the year for for a couple different reasons um and and i have the added uh complication i think and sean you have it in in some ways but um my work is is client work like i have a client that i work directly with and normally i'm going to see that client a couple times a week in Mm -hmm. person face to face and that in some ways is it's the priority but also probably the last thing that will happen so so it gets into you know sean you you kind of backed into it a, a little bit with you're learning how to do this at the same time that the New York Times is doing it, and you're supposed to be in a learning environment, they are learning while doing. Um, you know, it, what are you thinking about the new normal looks like? I mean, 
Kevin and and Max, I, I am interested. Max, you haven't seen. I mean, we, we have an idea of what your workplace looks like. Um, but but Kevin, is your uh, is your normal workplace? Is that an open office environment? Um, well, it was actually being transitioned like in the middle of a transition to a more open environment. So it, it it's a cube, uh, two floors of cubicles. And they had remodeled the floor below the floor that I work in so that it's it's still cubicle based, but the cubicles were very short. Mm-hmm. Like you could see the whole room. It was mm-hmm. it felt much more open, even though you still had your private desk space, which I personally was a fan of, and I was looking forward to the uh, to the changeover. But now we don't know if you know our floor is going to be renovated. It doesn't seem like now is the time to do that. But you know, I think that I am interested in how the how long it takes for people to still have cubicle conversations um where you know four people crowd around one cubicle to talk (laughs) Mm -hmm. um yeah and then i suppose that i don't know if the shared coffee situation will be changed but i think most things are going to be normal i just the just kind of the cubicle chat i think is going to be the interesting thing to see yeah and you get into like the you know the the social behavior i think there's there's a social aspect there when will people feel comfortable but then i think there's a bigger question there and max i'm interested as you enter what i think is your new office but the structural component of that the structural component of the open office in that going back to that i don't know about you but i'm like hell no i'm not gonna go do that i'm not gonna sit right next to somebody yeah i think i think my company is deciding how that's gonna go um but from what I've heard, companies that are going back, uh, yeah, they're s- separating open concepts. So you're sitting farther apart um, and you have an assigned spot. Um, I don't think there would be any shared food or beverages, Kevin, to your point. Um, and then I was told that all meetings would still have to be online. So at that point, I'm saying, well, then why are we going back to an office? I, I, without being able to collaborate in person, if I can't walk up to someone's desk and talk to them... And, it, and you can't do that in an open concept office, then, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah I, I don't know what that structure would look like. It almost, you yearn to the days of, of having cubicles where you could have a bit more um, privacy and be socially distant almost. Right. The and whole, another like, thing. Go ahead. I was going to say another thing I, I will mention is that I think something that's different about my work situation is that people don't take public transit to my office. My office is out there, so everyone is driving from their home. So I think, that, I don't know. How, I don't know if you can factor that into it. I think it would probably change what the natural progression is, but from like a from like a uh, law enforcement, for lack of a better phrase, I don't know how that would change things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like the whole the last decade or, or maybe even two decades have all been about transitioning, or at least for the the modern knowledge worker, uh, as, as we all are or have been. Uh, transitioning to open office plans to foster more in-person collaboration. Now we're going back to the days of good fences make good neighbors. And it feels very <laughs> like antiquated and weird. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that, so the open office, um, let me just say this. What is missing right now in this current uh, environment that we're talking about? You know, Kevin, you don't have video chats. Uh, Max, you haven't gotten to meet your coworkers. One thing that is is missing is is meetings in the sense of really you are in the same room and there's something like a whiteboard or, or you're looking at something, you're touching something. Um, 
and and also those chance encounters where you're in between meetings or by your desk and you can have a, a, a talk direct now i think a lot of that has been optimized um you there's there's im and stuff i'm constantly on calls with people and you're able to share a screen and whatever that was already there but it wasn't uh utilized in the same way because you didn't have to it, it might facilitate or or uh kind of augment but it wasn't the focal point and and i think that I think that's one thing is we've optimized really quickly for this and it quickly, you know, after a couple months, it just becomes the the norm. So if you did go back to work, uh, you know, kind of max to your point, you'd still have the meetings online, even though you're in the office. And that seems really ridiculous. Now, I will say, even even with these online Zoom meetings, what you do miss is when you have a, a, a meeting, and certainly we see it here all the time as, as we're chatting and everything else, but you're more giving a presentation as opposed to having a discussion because I can't I can't really talk to Kevin while you, Max, talk to Sean. So, so there's still something that is missing. Mm-hmm. And, and I will say that you, you suggested, you know, being ridiculous. There are there's a contingency of people that don't look like us that I'm sure would like to get back to the office. Um, whether uh, it's yeah. because they don't have peace and quiet at home or they have, you know, children at home or, the, you know, there's other reasons to want to be in an office. <laughs> that was a and, redundant statement. <laughs> yeah. And the, the four of us may maybe don't have those reasons. Like for me personally, without being able to collaborate with my coworkers, have a social scene or get free food, I don't see a benefit to, to being in an office, but there but there is a benefit, I'm sure, to to other people who maybe can't be as productive at home or don't want to work from home. Yeah, because I think a lot of uh, people, particularly uh, older engineers, is they they didn't grow up with VPN, so it used to be working from home wasn't an option, um, depending on the type of work they did. And I think that they kind of a lot of them are really much more productive at work just because that they're most of their career was built on you know working when you were at work and then not being able to when you get home mm-hmm. or also just that like working at home means you are at home with all of the things you do when you're at home i.e. not at work so there are per- like there are infinitely more home distractions you know at home than there are at the office so yeah you know. I I would say on that front, I in the past I'd had a work from home day, and that was always like a Friday, and mm-hmm. and so I would kind of do things throughout the day to kind of keep busy. But a lot of people would kind of tune out because it was Friday, and you really learned who worked well from home and who didn't. I have observed now that, especially my immediate team and and other teams I've interacted with, and this is maybe unique to my job, but there hasn't really been that drop off because things didn't deadlines didn't go away or anything like that we still had to keep working and you had to say this is this is again we keep saying this but this is the new normal this is the way it's it's going to be so i have not found the distractions if anything on the the opposite side is not being in that open office which i have started to in my mind vilify and maybe honestly <laughs> don't want to go back to not because of the safety stuff which is worth discussing but just because of there are so many distractions because while someone else may be having that chance conversation or going over what they're going to do next week when they're on vacation and stuff i am not necessarily doing that and there is that 
you know, Kevin, to, to I think your point earlier, but there are these social conventions of the office that now we don't have to pay as much attention to, and I am filling those with work. And maybe some people don't. Maybe you're, you know, reading something, which, you know, take your breaks. But I think that that's been an interesting side effect for me is you lose out on the social stuff, but I am in a lot of ways a better worker. Mm, interesting. So, yeah. like, I, one of the things that I thought about just now, too, is that I think that there's uh, – I think there's a way – that you can simultaneously remain productive when you're working from home and also kind of tune out because I think, and I'm basing this a little bit on my experience uh, before I left my job to go to school, which is that I am someone who gets work done really quickly. Like I, I work efficiently. Mm-hmm. But when you're in the mm-hmm. office and you work really quickly, um, frankly, a lot of your day is maybe spent looking like you're not done with something yet. Yeah. And really, like, now you can just sort of bang it out. And and so, yeah. you know, I, I, I think there's an extent to which uh, succumbing to some of the distractions of, of home isn't so much a problem it's just like you're not you don't have to put on the same airs of like i'm always churning on this thing this thing that looks yeah. like it takes me eight hours at the office actually takes me an hour and a half and hmm. your boss probably wants you to say okay well then i can do five and a third of those things in that eight hours but maybe if you want to do your thing and then just knock off and do your laundry uh maybe that's not such a bad thing yeah i think for i have wondered many times what it this would be like if i had my old job which i would have i had a lot more meetings and i had the report people but also it was a defense contracting job where i had to log every five minutes of what i was doing uh and so it, it would just be weird to there would be so much uh guilt i suppose in terms of logging the time even though i would be just as productive as i would be at the office yeah yeah i think that's i'm sorry i guess the the breaks the breaks are just harder to um like determine yeah i think i in yeah i I think what that gets to a little bit is is right now it is everything is very results-based like if you're taking that long two-point shot no one's seeing where you're taking the shot from like it, they just see that it was two points and, and that's how it's working. I, I know Max that you, and I wonder if part of it's not being in the, not having had the opportunity to be in the office with people, but you're not seeing the means with which people usually do stuff. Uh, you're observing it as best you can online, but you're just seeing the ends and that might be someone's end is putting something in at 2 a.m. And that's a really weird thing to get acclimated to because you're not seeing what the norm is. Yeah, it's been it's been tricky to to figure out, like you just said. I mean, what the norm is, and I, I mean, it's it like it's also like you said, it's results based. And being on an engineering team is as long as everyone is is handling their work. I don't think, you know, they always companies will always say like, oh, we don't, you know, we don't care how you work as long as you get your work done. And this is like, well, now they're actually it's kind of putting their money where their mouth is, and it and it seems to be working. Like I I don't mm-hmm. think they care that some of my coworkers are not online during the day and work 
straight through the night and i don't care either if i can still message them and get help from them and they can get help from me and and whatnot and the work flows seamlessly it doesn't really affect the end product yeah Yeah, but when you were all in the office they definitely cared about that they definitely i don't know they say they don't but i'm not sure i wasn't there city hall definitely cared (laughs) that's all that's what i'm I'm getting at yeah i think it's if i if i need to go run an errand that takes 40 minutes i just go do it now and i don't feel weird about it Mm -hmm. yeah I, i mean i definitely get concerned in that situation because people can just message you and um you know if a if a message sits there unresponded to for 40 minutes people could get weird about it i mean that for me that's a big reason why it happens it happens with me um that's why i'm always like please just send me an email because i'll bring my phone but like a you know skype messenger or whatever on the go is is very strange it's like send me an email i will respond to you or i will call you but like please please don't don't message me so there's still there's still where you know, if you're at the office and you get something done really quickly and it looks like you're you're goofing off otherwise, even though you did the same thing, whereas someone it takes an hour, it took you 15 minutes, there are connotations that can build up. It's like, oh, well, they get their work done, but they seem like they're lazy otherwise, or they could be doing more, I can tell. So, I mean, there's some, some individual benefits t- to that. But, yeah, I think, Kevin and, and Max, you, you get on something important there, which is... Uh, when you when you're not necessarily billing a client anymore which you both used to and and i get the sense that you 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 don't anymore there is even more freedom in this time because it is you have this task you have to get done as opposed to i need to work eight hours a day for for this person pretty much and and that's something that um i know in my office is is kind of a, a a touchy thing thing right now because also people aren't taking vacation so they're 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 billing way more because there's there's nothing to do so there's this idea of you need to disconnect i'm like well i'm not gonna go do nothing because that's what i'm doing every evening once i log Mm -hmm. off the computer um but i i guess i i do want to think about you know with with some short period of time but um you know there there's been a bunch of uh, reporting over the last week about um MLB teams and college football teams and how they're dealing with what is just a tremendously high rate of positive COVID-19 test results. So these people who are going back to their workplaces, essentially, Uh and it's that that people are sick or people are capable of becoming sick or passing on to the people that they'll go home to. Um, so is the, I'm just curious if that is something that you all have thought about. Like, what would make you feel safe about going back to work? I would feel pretty safe just in my situation. I I wouldn't rush it because, like I'm saying, I don't really get – there's not much I get out of going back to work. And, um, but I don't think that I would feel too unsafe. However, like I mentioned earlier – that would probably change a lot if I were taking public transit in the middle of the city. Mm-hmm. But because everyone is just like, they live in the suburbs, they drive. I, I feel, you know, comfortable. I mean, they, a lot of them also have kids who might be going to schools, but I guess I just, I don't know. I wouldn't feel too uncomfortable about it. Yeah. I guess I'm on a opposite side of it. Like 
I wouldn't feel great about it. Um, again, my office is in the city, and a lot of people are taking public transit. Um, they could claim to be cleaning it more, but I wouldn't really believe that, um, mainly because it's in a WeWork, and I just don't <laughs> trust WeWork. Also, like a lot of the benefits of a WeWork are like, oh, like all this shared communal space, which like that's right. not great. Or like, oh, all these great kitchen, shared kitchen things and food things, that's not great. Or like, oh, all these tiny little phone booth cubicles to take meetings in, like those aren't great. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess having more hand sanitizer around and they could they could take people's temperatures but at the same time like i'm not gonna feel totally great about it almost no matter what and that's kind of goes back to my whole benefit versus that the you know the the benefits versus the costs or the risks of a reopening for a a tech company just in my mind isn't there I, i just don't see the benefit yeah and Sean, you're you're in an incubator, not a bubble, an incubator at school, basically. Oh, so. no, no doubt. There, they they told us today about how they're they they said it's more likely than not that they'll end the in-person component of the semester at Thanksgiving, so that uh, they don't send people home for a holiday where they can get it and then bring them back to campus. Here's the mm-hmm. thing. Uh, there is roughly a 100% chance that uh, there's going to be some sort of outbreak on campus and we're all going to get sent home before that. There's just, there's no way there's not. Uh, that that would ignore the way that college works. Uh, and so I, I'm, in a, I'm in a weird spot because I think of, of the four of us, I, I stand to gain the most from some sort of in-person experience or l- on the opposite side of the coin, lose the most by not having it. But I don't know. Mm-hmm. I feel like I'm going to have to have a fairly itchy trigger finger about uh, when to call it quits. They, they, they were, they did make the point that no one is going to be forced to be on campus who doesn't feel comfortable doing it. And so yeah. my, I think my approach is, if they start the semester on campus, I'm going to be there and I'm going to be there until I don't feel good about being there anymore. And for me, it probably looks like some sort of cluster outbreak somewhere else on campus or like two cases in the journalism school. Then I'm gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that ultimately what, what I think about is it's people, not surfaces. I think that's what we're finding. Yes. It's it's the people talking and coughing. And why would I go into an office to talk with people? That's that's the big thing. And that is also, unfortunately, the most dangerous thing. And to talk to someone, I probably need to be kind of close, probably within six feet. And even if I wear a mask and everything, I just I don't I don't I don't know. Um, and then I think for me, as I mentioned, ultimately, the thing that's going to matter most is a client. And the client is going to be the last person to let a contractor in the office because you want to take care of your people first and control that. And then bringing in these outside people, it's just uh, that, that I, I, I feel for them and, and don't want to make them un, unsafe because a lot of my clients are, are not young people like me or youngish people like me. So, so then it gets to I think what has been the theme here is if there's not a lot of value in going back between now and I don't know when whenever there's a vaccine when whenever we can feel like I'm safe and and I won't pass this to someone 
I don't I don't see a path in which which I'm like going to be rearing to go back to worth. It just the value is not there if I'm continuing to deliver the results. Um, yeah, maybe my form is terrible on this three pointer, but that's okay. You just see that it's going in, and and that's kind of what I have to think about. Yeah, um, it go- it's hard. It goes back to something that has been said a great deal by a lot of uh, thoughtful folks over the last three months, which is that normally in times of uh, in times of national or, or global distress, you know, what what comes out, what comes to the forefront, is the the capacity for humans to band together and uh this is the opposite of that the whole point of this is that being around people is the thing that makes everyone unsafe and so it it's counter it is counterintuitive to think like even even for you guys who know and have talked rationally through it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to go into the office. I'm sure there's a little piece of your brain that's like, you know, I feel really weird about the prospects of maybe not going to my place of employment for a year. Yeah. Like, that's that's a, a it's a, a circuit melting thing to think. Uh, but uh, but it, it requires, you know, it requires some time spent thinking about people besides yourself which is uh not always a thing that that we humans are very good at so no um, sorry so just just like just like the dumb debate about whether a, a mask was meant to protect you from other people or to protect other people from you it's the latter um the decision whether uh the decision whether to go back to work, school, the gym, etc., is really, it's about the question of, well, what happens if I have this thing and I don't know that I have it? What if I'm not showing any symptoms? You know, someone made the point, like, the proper way to approach this is to just assume that you have it and then plan your behavior from there. So stay home. Stay home if you can. Like we've been we've been saying this, everyone's been saying this for three months already, but keep keep doing it. Just just because Washington DC is ignoring its own metrics and starting to reopen more stuff doesn't mean you should be going to more stuff. But wait, restaurants are open now, so we should go to them. Well and also if if like the NBA comes back I have to go to work and talk about how awesome Marcus Smart is. No. Oh Jesus Christ! Nope. On yes. that note, we're 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 done. We're we're finished with this, and, and we're gonna move no. on to uh, Pierce's sorry. So, uh, what are what are you apologizing for this week? And I I will accept you apologizing on Kevin's behalf for that. Ha. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, you know, I believe Marcus Smart did get COVID already, so so he can just cough on anybody when the season restarts. 
um, which is kind of which is kind of frightening. <laughs> last last season, he he punched he broke his hand or whatever by by punching uh, something in his hotel room, and this year he got COVID. He's really he's I mean he's gone through all of it. But anyways, um, one you know kind of like last week, uh, we started talking, and I thought of something that I needed to apologize for, and and Kevin, you made me think about it, but. There is this great reluctance on the back on the behalf of really everybody that I work with to um, you know these Zoom calls and everything is basically on Zoom now. Skype, which we used to use a lot, but really just for audio, we hardly use it anymore. It's all um, Zoom, and a, and a big component of Zoom is the video part. And uh, there was a phone call we had last week, and it was one of those, you know, stern talk about what's what's going on in the world and diversity and inclusion and having thoughts about that. And there was actually a leader on the call who, who called out our group for not having their videos on a lot. And I'm sure it wasn't just our group, but what I realized after that, um, and I've been doing a better job of, but I still am, apologize for, is is not turning my video on. It's a really small thing. You know, maybe you're embarrassed because of, you know, how your decor looks at your home or, or you know, you're wearing the same T-shirt again or whatever. But what I've tried to realize is the definition of togetherness has, has changed. And turning on my video is such a small thing to do to help people feel a little bit more together. And there's no reason for me not to. I don't really care. People aren't even really paying attention, but they'll maybe glimpse that someone has their video on. And that does make a difference, and it and it, there's a lot of pressure involved. Then someone else does it, and someone else does it. So, I need to do a better job of turning my video on because I think it makes a big difference for people. Um, so I'm sorry to, of all people, my my coworkers for not turning my video on, uh, and I'll do a better job about that. Okay. Uh, all right. Well, we'll uh, we will accept your apology and, and move on and close the show as we do with a big idea from pop culture um and this past friday uh which was juneteenth was another one of band camps uh we're uh we're waving our fees day uh, and they donated their share of uh the revenue from music sales uh to the NAACP Legal Defense Fund. So I said, I'm going to buy me some music today. And one of the things that I am uh, very excited that I, I bought is this compilation album called Saving for a Custom Van. And what it is is a tribute compilation uh, from friends and, and, and people whose musical lives were in some way or other touched by Adam Schlesinger from Fountains of Wayne, who I've talked about before. Uh, and they were covering his songs. Lots of Fountains of Wayne songs. Uh, songs from his other bands. Uh, the song from That Thing You Do, which he uh, which he wrote. And and so it's it's been uh, it's been really nice to to listen to that in the last couple days and hear some of the interpretations of these songs that I love by people that I've never even heard of before. So like that's it's it's really neat. Um 
and and it's just kind of a reminder when I sit and listen to it of how uh, even if the corporate structure of the music industry is not a particularly generous and giving one um, the human structure of the music industry is very much a generous and giving space and and people you know lots of people uh, have an impact on uh, folks who then turn around and and want to return that favor or pay it forward and so I thought that was really cool uh, if you are interested in that I think it's only on Bandcamp um, I don't know if there are any plans to release it wider than that but uh, mm. you can find it there and I know there uh, it won't be uh, it won't be a thing where the proceeds go to the NAACP but I think they're doing another uh, fee waiver day on July 3rd so not this Friday but the following Friday uh, sounds right so if you want uh, a little more of your money to go to the artists that are making this thing. Uh, hang on for a couple weeks. But uh, either way, uh, saving for a custom band, which I think is on, I want to say Father Daughter Records, uh, is is kind of a joy to listen to. Uh, so that that's what I'm celebrating today. Um, that is the end of the show. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter at Pretty OK Pod or at our home on the web www.prettyokpod.com. You can subscribe to the show on your podcast app and device of choice. If you do that, please leave us a rating, review, comment, that sort of thing, or just tell a friend about the show. We'd love to share it with them as well. I learned we're on Google Podcasts, uh, oh, which is wow. apparently a thing. Um, is that like Google Plus, but they changed the name? It's a it's a Google it's a Google Play product, uh, oh. whatever that means. Uh, I guess it's uh, iTunes for green bubbles. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Kevin, <laughs> uh, our resident we'll, green bubble we'll, we'll expert. Have to, we'll have to talk about that soon. That's that's a real topic that we oh, need to God. get into. Kevin's like a year plus in in that. But. We don't. We you know we don't do well when I get mad on podcasts necessarily, and and that's well, you know <laughs> I feel like it's going to get me mad somehow. Um, anyway, uh, we'll be back next week to talk about something else. Until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. Thanks for listening. Bye.